0: Is, oh, we're
1: is, idiots. Yep. gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host Adam of and we're a little late but everything just went completely to shit uh kind of schedule schedule wise and i lost an arm yeah we don't don't want to talk about that it is a podcast form so they're just like you don't need an arm to talk fucker and i'm like yeah that's a good point but uh, and and here's another well, excuse. Enough. Here's another excuse. We've been watching eight million films, and I'm joined by Matt Smith. I didn't introduce you. Hello.
2: That's okay. Everybody, I think everybody knows who I am
1: by now. No, they don't. Maybe you're, you're, maybe you're a stranger <laughs> in their
2: ear holes. Maybe not their, their uh, maybe not the new person that joined us this week. new person.
1: you are like, what is this crap? <laughs> you're right what is and this crap is that's the most important part of that sentence uh speaking of crap we mm-hmm. got a lot of crap to review today matt uh so as oh, yeah. i think you can hear by the uh by the music here it's uh yeah yeah this is uh we'll be uh we'll be talking saturday night fever uh <laughs> no then we're gonna be talking about rocky. Like star
2: wars disco
1: star wars disco time uh yeah, so we're gonna be talking about rocky today uh, well not rocky but that's a rocky theme rather <laughs> This is where my brain's at. We're going to talk about Creed, uh the newest film from the uh I can't forget the I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, but the cat who did Fruitville Station. Ryan Coogler, he's Black Panther now. Yeah, now has he been official for Black Panther? Mm-hmm. I know they mm-hmm. were talking about. But they made that of they ma- No, he's he's official for what I saw. Ooh, I'm excited because uh we'll talk about what Mr. Ryan Coogler did in uh Creed and if we think that will transfer well over to the Marvel universe. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Probably so. Um, so we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about The Good Dinosaur, a Pixar movie that just didn't uh, blow the world up like Pixar movies tend to do. And there may be some reasons for that. And uh, we actually have an email from a... Uh, and there might be
2: wrong reasons. Well,
1: maybe. But I do... I have an email, so I got an email from an actual, from a listener, an actual listener. We have actual (laughs) listeners, no, but I have a one from a listener who has actual children who he brought to this, uh, to this movie, and so I I have a reaction from him and what him, what he and his uh, kids thought about the movie. So we'll be talking about the Good Dinosaur. Uh, We'll also be talking about Victor Frankenstein, or Frankenstein, for you laymans out there. Um, talk about not mm-hmm. making a big splash. This one, uh, did not, but we'll talk about whether that or, whether or not that was warranted and how many more, uh, universal monster sort of flicks we can take. Uh, and then of course we're going to be, uh, we'll wrap up with, we'll wrap up with Creed, but we're also going to talk a, a little movie called Brooklyn that maybe not a ton of people have seen. Uh, it's a little, this is our artsy fair for the week, I would say. And, nope. um, uh, I, I think you guys are going to, you're in for a jam-packed show. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Sure. That's I'd, not
2: even all we're going to be talking
1: about. Yeah, because we're going to finish this up. Those we're are just talk, the four big rooms. Those are what we're going to talk about there. Then we're going <clears> to <throat> talk about the you know regular what you've been watching and you're going to get an episode probably the day after this one. And maybe I'm going I might sneak mm-hmm. in one more cuz I was looking I said on I said on HMP I was going to drop an interview episode that I did. I wanted to listen back to it to see if uh you know, it was terrible or not. No, it's pretty good, but there are some timely references in it. So you know, <laughs> there'll be some things like mm-hmm. I think this is going to happen, and that's not what happened it, since that point. Uh, but there'll be a couple things in there. But the content over itself is good. I interview a friend of mine, uh, Chesney Goodson, uh, local. So I think. Here. So I think
2: what you're telling. Uh, telling everybody is that we're going to get three missed, episodes of we the Film We missed a story. week,
1: and we're going to make up by 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 giving you that one that you missed, the one for this week, and another one on top of that. So, shut up.
2: <laughs> you get a Film Find, and you get a Film Find, and you get a Film Find. Each individual Everyone gets listen,
1: th- get their own. Alright. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be talking about that. we got a shitload of things to go through, so uh, let's, uh, let us not... Uh, uh terry here longer let me make sure okay i just wanted to make sure i, I was recording up, we
2: have a review right of
1: yes we have an itunes reviewed we have two we've been ignoring these for a while uh
2: well we, we actually we meant to do it two weeks we, ago during our last episode and uh <laughs> if you heard how many, many times
1: it. in like the last two weeks or so that matt and i have both been like we're gonna do that iTunes review. we're gonna do that iTunes review. we're gonna do that yeah we're gonna do it. and we Totally. Fucking and then movie. we get into
2: talking about the seven fucking movies per episode. <laughs> so really you know. Totally forget it. Eh. But All right. t- today we've got one, and then we'll have another one next up. Yeah,
1: so next episode, which you only got to wait 24 hours for, so shut your, shut your complaining. Uh, so this one is uh, entitled Insightful, Informative. Inappropriate. That's for damn sure. Uh, this is by long uh, HMP listener Matt Schnapp and a, uh, a producer of, of that fine program, by the way. So uh, Matt is, uh, uh, in a way, Matt, because those because uh, the monies go towards certain bills and stuff, you're kind of a producer of this show. too. I'll put you as the executive producer of this show because all that money goes back into my accounts to pay for all of our crap. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> and to new equipment and other stuff like that. So, uh, Matt, guess what? You're the executive producer of this show, buddy. And here's your five-stop review. I've been horribly remiss not reviewing this sooner. And we've been horribly remiss not getting to you sooner because this is re- reviewed on November 5th. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt yeah, so uh, uh a a couple on that one. Uh so Matt and Adam combine insight and humor that has me hooked second best movie podcast only to the, one, o- the only in that it doesn't involve capes. Ooh, see that's a little HMP thing. So I'll take that. Mm-hmm. At least we aren't talking about fucking slash film. I'll I'll take my uh, With Your Lazy uh, One Movie Review podcast. every fucking week. Sorry, I had to go yeah. off. <laughs>
2: I'll will t- take my sister podcast having a good. Uh, one.
1: There you go. Uh, so that's, that's it. We're going to get to our uh, our good friend, you know, who, who I, I liked. Uh, we're going to read Godmom's review next week. And um, I like this person because they left up, like, basically the shortest interview, the shortest review I've ever seen for HMP, which was great. Just said this. I love the Stallone connection, and that was it. It was perfect. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I was just like, oh, this is super. I love that. Uh, but he's actually left two or three sentences on ours. So we'll uh, get to that to you tomorrow. So uh, stay on the lookout for that. All right. So, let's um, let's get into it. Matt, what have you been watching, sir?
2: I've uh, just uh, been finishing up Jessica Jones. Uh, last we talked, uh, I had watched the first half of that series. Mm-hmm. I know that you guys wrapped that up a couple weeks back on HMP. We did. Um, but uh, I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I do think, uh, at the end of the day, personally, it, it is a little stronger than Daredevil. And I think it's mostly just because they... Kind of, It felt like they had a clear idea of what they were doing for that show the entire way through, as opposed to, like Daredevil, they were still figuring out the form a little bit, it yeah, felt like, I, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it felt like, yeah, it felt like the, I mean, even though this is a separate show, if you will, as, as you know, Law & Order is a different show than NYPD Blue. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a different show, but it's almost basically a continuation of a, a, of a giant tele, a season of, if you will, whatever Marvel stuff. Um, right. So, but with that, yeah, I think you're right. I think it felt like in, in, in Daredevil, they were just kind of like, Hey, how's this TV thing really work? How are we really going to structure this to best fit us and everything? And they figured it out kind of towards the end. And then they were like, and then once you hit this one, it's like, Oh, this is old hat. We got it now. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing yeah, shows. Well, and,
2: and uh, I think everybody was terrific in it. I have to say like David Tennant was, was pretty goddamn terrifying in the last few episodes, particularly, um, which was nice because he's such a likable guy uh, and everything else.
1: Yeah, you, you hardly um, just go like, boy, I hate that gentleman.
2: Yeah, and and I'm super pumped for Luke Cage now. Like, I'm so ready to see that show, and I'm I'm glad that the set pictures are starting to come out and that it looks like we're going to get it sooner rather than later. Um, <clears throat> I don't know when it's supposed to drop. I know
1: they're shooting right spring now, spring
2: so. sometime. Yeah, I know spring or summer is what they're aiming for. I would say probably after the second season of Daredevil. Um, I don't know. But I'm I'm hyped for it. I was also pleased to figure out that uh, I was fucking right about Nuke. I was was fucking (laughs) right about that goddamn cop. He's totally Nuke. And, uh, yeah, so so I watched that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The other big thing that I've seen that is opening wide this week so so you guys can have – you know, a little uh, short review to get you in the theater for it. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, I went to see Legend, which is the new movie from uh, Brian Helglund, mm-hmm. who uh, co wrote LA Confidential, I believe. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, many other things. Um, it's got uh, Tom Hardy in a dual role playing twin brothers, Reggie and Ronnie Cray, who, of course, are uh, notorious. Um, gangsters from uh, London uh, in the <clears throat> 60s and uh, early 70s I believe um, immortalized by, by a Morrissey song actually <laughs> uh, the last of the famous international playboys is about the cray brothers um, uh, one of them um, uh, reggie cray uh, was kind of the the like kind of and then uh, Ronnie was crazy and also openly gay. Um, and the movie has a lot of fun with these kind of dueling personalities. Uh, the problem with it, though, is that it's, it sticks very, very closely to a standard formula for gangster films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a compelling character. Uh, we see kind of their rise, their entree into mainstream crime and legitimacy And then some of the the fallout from that um, lifestyle, right? Uh, Both in their personal lives and in their business relationships. And it doesn't do this movie any favors, mostly because the film gets away with a lot just on the goodwill of how fucking amazing uh, Tom Hardy is in these roles. Hmm. Um, He really does, like, develop distinct characterizations for each brother um, so so I thought it was uh, really good uh, of note Emily Browning is pretty solid here as well um, in a role as Francis uh, Reggie's wife uh, who enters and leaves the story in a very strange way um,
1: just go So, on. I'm
2: gonna give it a half-hearted yeah, I'm gonna give it a half-hearted uh, recommendation if you like gangster movies if you're a big fan of Tom Hardy uh, this is a must see I I don't hate that I've seen it just know that uh, it is pretty standard for a gangster film Um, it's got a really solid screenplay but just the structure there's no no innovation or difference between say this and uh, Casino or Goodfellas or some of these other similar uh, types of things right Hmm. Um, so that's what I've been watching this week what about you brother?
1: Uh I just recently got out of a uh, screening last night of the uh the 2015 soon to be classic uh Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance. Ooh. <laughs> um so Samurai Cop was a movie made like 25 years ago, right? And so on they did a whole Kickstarter thing the guys got through and they uh you know they funded it. And made this uh, small, very uh, independenty kind of uh, flick. So this is uh, starring uh, uh, Matthew Kretis, um and By Ling, and Tommy Wiseau is in it. So I mean, if that doesn't, if Tommy Wiseau don't tell you nothing, uh, you don't need to know. Um, this is a um, I'd say maybe. I mean, maybe one could say Grindhouse sort of like maybe Wanna Be. I mean, there's. I don't know that I can tell you what the plot of this movie is. <laughs> uh, basically, there's, you know, this guy is. Uh, I haven't seen Samurai Cop once. I can't really tell you, though. There's plenty of flashbacks to Samurai Cop 1 in this thing. Um, you know, a guy's guy murdering people, and a cop has to get another cop out of his retirement, and he's gone and gone in and. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a weird, uh, almost lethal weapony kind of vibe. We got the black cop, and we got the white cop, and the white cop does uh, does uh, samurai stuff and does way too many. Like, I'm all super into this uh, martial arts stuff, where it almost just goes like, all right, it's got a little weeaboo thing going on. I don't know what's happening here, but it's just it's a little too much. You know how just white people can really go overboard with uh, other cultures. <laughs> it Feels uh-huh. like he's one of those guys. Uh, but I mean, look, it's. I don't want to say it's a good film because it's not. I mean, I was uh, we had a um, we had a guy in Mike Malloy who who we met uh, uh, down in uh, Atlanta during Dragon Con. He came up here. He's <clears throat> in this movie for oh, a scant 20 seconds, though, you know, he tells a lot of stories and stuff about how like on like he was they shot a lot of stuff with him in it, but they used none of it. Or right. they always would tell him, "Hey, you're gonna, you're going on the set, and uh, you know, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna, you know, be a guy that you're gonna be a cop, and you're gonna shoot Tommy Wiseau with a gun or something, and then they'd never come back and get him." But it's kind of like just like a, <laughs> so they just like, they did that. He's like, I spent so much time there. That it was just absolutely ridiculous, but there's like, I mean, there's like everybody from like porn stars, and it's not porn stars that you would really know, but you know, just kind of low level smutty type things, and uh, so there's at least there's some like nudity in it. The uh, there's a lot of really cheesy. Uh, like special effects and stuff. It's like you tried so hard to make this like arterial blood spray, and then like, well, actually, Byling gets like you know a fucking sword through the gut or whatever, and she's pill- she's pouring out horrible CGI blood like the fucking Kool Aid Man or some shit. Uh, it's pretty bad, <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but the big thing is, is like they put so much time into that, and there are like there are like shots to shots in scenes where it's just like, you didn't even fucking try color matching this shit. Oh, and Joe Esteves is in it. I forgot to say that. So if that don't tell you nothing, we got Joe Estevez out of, you know, a fucking Dunkin' Donuts and said, hey, do you want to come and be in a movie? He's just like, can I still look like this? And they're like, yeah, I mean, I guess you're a police captain. Why the fuck not look like that? <laughs> so, uh, it's uh, <laughs> It's not good. It's not good. I don't suggest you go out and see it. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, people are gonna love it or hate it because it is. It's disjointed. It's uh, the story makes no damn sense. Um, I think you want to do like a little game whenever you hear like a Japanese name or something pronounced Shinjuku, or uh, someone mentions how they're uh, they're uh, they're going to a you know a location or something called the complex. Uh, every time you hear that shit, take a shot. You will be dead by 45 minutes into this film. Uh, and it was funny they were talking about. Uh, Mike was talking about how the, uh, the the movie itself, if you look, they're in this, what they call the complex there at the end. It was a fucking set for a spaceship. Awesome. But it's supposed to be the inside of this complex thing where it is just, uh, it's terrible. Sometimes, like, I mean, almost in a good enough way. I mean, if you've got some friends together, you've had some drinks, why not? But otherwise, just, oh, good Lord. <laughs>
2: So that's it for that. So what that. I'm what I'm thinking. Uh, so w- what I get out of this is that um, you're basically saying that if you want to see this movie, do you've probably already funded it on Kickstarter?
1: Probably, <laughs> probably. I I will definitely give them that much. Uh, I also went and saw the uh, Rift Tracks uh, Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. I know that's uh, they're doing the uh, the second thing of it uh, here fairly soon. Uh, I recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good Uh, you know this is uh, I mean the one that they did for Miami Connection was good but I think this one was uh, it's the best one that they've done since uh, The Room which was really which was a really good one Uh, which I think they're bringing back in like January they're doing like uh, they're you know week out like three or four weeks in January they're bringing back you know kind of previous shows from 2014 and I may still go I may go because my friend Robert was there for this screening and I was just like "Uh, yeah I'd go see The Room again it was it was that damn good Uh, right on you know, that kind of stuff. All right, uh, so let's get into it. Um, we got, because we. Yeah, we got a lot. Oh my God. Let's just. All right, so uh, here's the. Um, let's go Victor Frankenstein first. What do you say?
2: That's how I started my week.
1: All right, let's do it.
3: Igor, you and I shall be at the very heart of a scientific enterprise that will change the world. We shall create a life out of death. <laughs>
0: It's alive. Do you realize how significant this is? Oh, I have an inkling. I'm Detective Inspector Turpin. I'm here to investigate missing body parts. I'm not sure what you mean, sir.
3: Are you not afraid to challenge the natural order, Mr. Frankenstein? No. And it's Frankenstein. <laughs> we shall create a man after our own image. Questions? Um, well, you're welcome. I think it is time. You met our monster.
0: Mitter! do Full charge!
3: It's alive? It's, well, that's rather obvious. You have the chance to be part of something. Of what? Being electrocuted.
0: Chased by monsters. And hunted by the police.
3: Well, if you're going to concentrate on the dark side...
0: Be careful, Mr. Frankenstein. You toy with wrathful forces.
3: I cannot argue with that.
1: That trailer has 15 false endings. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so this is uh, Victor Frankenstein, our, our new release for last week. Uh, it's uh, directed by uh, Paul McGowan. Um, sounds like one of the doctors, but that ain't him. Uh, <laughs> Paul McGowan? 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 Magoo, Magoo again. Mr. Magoo, you got it. Magoo again. Uh, <laughs> Starring Daniel Radcliffe, James McAvoy, uh Jessica Brown, I believe it's a Finley, sure, why not. Andrew Scott mm-hmm. and a handful of others. Uh, uh written by Max Landis. Uh Max Landis who I guess most people obviously know is the uh you know, the, I'm sure this is he loves this being the first thing that is mentioned. Uh the son of John Landis. Uh and but did uh did Chronicle, which we really enjoyed. And uh-huh. uh kind of um, uh, you know, he's he's got a I like the guy well enough he's got a he's he's got to watch it in Hollywood man he's got a big mouth on him and I don't mean that in a terrible way I mean I don't I don't care what he says but whoo boy you start uh getting in there the the higher ups don't like you boy um so here's the thing this this movie we saw last week and I mm-hmm. scantly remember it I'll be quite frank. Here's the IMDb plotline. I better read yep. that. It's basically fucking, God damn, these things are so long. All right. Told from Igor's perspective, we see the troubled young assistant's dark origins, his redemptive friendship with the young medical student, Victor Frankenstein, and becomes eyewitness to the emergence of how Frankenstein became the man, the the legend we know today, and the legend we know today. That's written terribly because there's like weird ass fucking hyphens in there. Um, yeah. I mean, look, this movie, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I mean, this is not a good movie, but it is not. It's not. No. It's not so terrible that it's just that it makes you mad.
2: I think that it's so mediocre that it makes me mad.
1: Yeah, I can. Okay, well, that's fair because, enough.
2: Because there are some really good things in it. Uh, I think Daniel Radcliffe's uh, performance is just weird enough to like warrant being a really good thing. Yeah. Um, but it's balanced by some of the worst things like james mcavoy's performance for example
1: <laughs> i don't know what um, he's doing <laughs> uh
2: it, well i mean what i think he's do- doing is wondering why he's in this movie uh the whole time he's, he's saying <laughs> I mean, the line. fucking
1: x-men movies dude at least this motherfucker's got to get out of the shadow of harry potter i mean me come on damn it i'm still i'm still rocking these big franchises uh,
2: but yeah, it's not terrible, but it is thoroughly middling. Uh, so earlier in the year, uh, actually not even that long ago, like two months ago, maybe we reviewed another Max Landis penned film, American ultra mm-hmm. and, uh, you did not care for it. Uh, I did I mean, it wasn't
1: great. No. How, how
2: much, right. Yeah. I don't know how you would compare it to this, but I will say so much better than Victor Frankenstein.
1: Oh no, no, I'll tell you that one's better than that one. But like I think mean, I think this I, one is and, and also and suffers from record, the same I, thing.
2: I, I like I liked American Ultra. Yeah. Right. Uh but um if we're just talking like Max Landis, this movie blows. And I don't know that it's necessarily his uh screenplay. I it might just be the execution. Like I said, McAvoy is uh doing whatever the fuck it is he's doing um and it could just be the direction as well right this is the guy who brought us such classic films as uh wicker park and push although uh he did make that movie uh lucky number 11 which was all right oh i hated um, that fucking
1: movie well fair enough fucking hated it so
2: so what i'm saying is i love this one compared to that fucking movie (laughs) this guy might be the thing he also directed some episodes of sherlock but i haven't watched all of sherlock so i'm not going to judge it fair enough Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just such a weird fucking, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I did not like this movie, though. No. I will come I will down firmly on the, like, do not waste your time. And nobody wasted uh, their time with it. It opened with $2.4 uh in 12th place. This weekend it dropped to 15th.
1: Who put, who put this? Um, it, is it Universal? It's Fox.
2: No, 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 no. It's Fox. It's Fox. Universal is in the throes of action. Actually, relaunching their monsters franchises. Uh, This is Fox. Uh, This is Fox blowing it. And wait a minute,
1: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me that Fox is fucking up somehow? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That doesn't sound like the Fox I know. Oh wait, it's everything they've done in the past fucking two years.
2: Here's the best part: is uh, this movie already holds from 1982 to present the worst wide opening of any film released since 1982. It performed worse than every other movie that opened
1: than any other in, wide release film since in, then?
2: In wide release like so like wow. over 2400 theaters or something like that. Man. And the best part of that is that the next two on that list are also Fox releases.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm fantastic for. No, that made that made okay, no. I mean comparison in no, comparison to that.
2: It's Won't Back Down, which is some like teacher movie I can't even remember remember who was in it's it, a Tom actually Petty but song remember. as far as i know my teacher. yeah <laughs> and then uh the rain wilson fronter uh the rocker
1: oh uh, yeah that was
2: which probably would have done well if they had just not opened wide
1: yeah that's a that's a <laughs> that's a limited release that ain't no uh let let's open that up in 3000 theaters especially but, but at that Victor time in his career
2: swooped right in and took that fucking top spot
1: so like we got you bro <laughs> no problem
2: no problem whatsoever.
1: Rain Wilson sitting at home um, going, "Finally, thank God! <laughs> it's about time yeah. that somebody just let me loose a little bit, for heaven's sake."
2: It's like it's not yeah, not I pro. actually don't know where uh, Fantastic Four uh, fell. It's not—I don't think it's on the list. So that's good.
1: Hey, there you go. Hang your head I mean, on these, that, though.
2: Movies that made at this point less than nine million dollars. Like the the two hundredth film on the list is uh, Gamer.
1: I liked Gamer. I know nobody went to fucking oh, yeah, see it, but like, I liked it. You know. Yeah, I
2: mean, I mean there are good movies on this whole thing, right? There's that. Uh, there's the Thing remake, which I actually I actually liked. I still haven't seen it. Um, it's just,
1: uh, you know. It's
2: <laughs> and yeah. then and then uh, the Ruins, right? The Ruins is great. And it's on the list. I remember so it's not like necessarily I this, the Fright Night remakes on this motherfucker. And that oh, dude, the good. Fright
1: Night remake is great.
2: Yeah. but So it's not necessarily that it's that. It's just, you know, it's a lot of really bad openings. There's the a ton from this year. You want right to hear just timing. the rundown from this year? Yeah. A lo- there's a lot on here from this year. What's surprising? In the top 200 worst openings. Uh, Hitman Agent
1: 47. Whew.
2: Love the Coopers.
1: Yeah, it's better than that.
2: Project Almanac.
1: Yeah, I we like Project Almanac well enough. I mean it's not great, but yeah. it's okay. No escape, which
2: I liked. No escape, which I liked.
1: Uh which one was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I liked I liked it well enough.
2: Uh transporter refueled. Not so much. Seventh Sun.
1: Uh no. Oh Jesus, no.
2: Uh Hot Tub Time Machine 2.
1: Uh not not really. No.
2: Strange magic? Which I can't even remember what that is. We didn't see that.
1: No. I think that's is that an animated thing?
2: That's what I think it is. Uh, American Ultra is on here.
1: Yeah, that's not surprising.
2: Um, let's see. Uh The Gunman. Burnt. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean n- burnt, nobody's Unf- gonna go f- nobody's gonna go fucking see Burnt. Come on.
2: Unfinished business? Yeah, nobody wants to see that
1: fucking shit. I remember I remember that open bad. Mordecai? Whew. Deservedly so. of Of all, maybe of all these movies, probably um, deserving the, lead the most. Black Hat. I mean, like you, you hated the Black Walt. Hat. I didn't. That was just. I think that was just a mismanagement and how, how they fucking brought everything out with the. I mean, I get it with the IMAX release and Bowl then the ball? standard release. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think that's where they fucked Frank up on sucks.
2: that. So that's what's from this week. My uh, God. Here's the bottom
1: line: Don't go fucking. Don't see, it. see this movie; it's terrible. Let's go to the next flick. <laughs> All right. I, <laughs> I didn't have the window open. Hold on. God damn it. <laughs> What is our next flick? Our While next flick is The Good Dinosaur from your lovely friends <laughs> at Pixar. Take a listen to the trick I don't know how much dialogue it has, so we may just be listening to some music. So sit back and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> if it stops, I didn't reload these last night, so it's going to be fun now. All right, this show's long enough as it is. Jesus Christ, Disney. Put out a, a thing with more than one goddamn word in it. This is The Good Dinosaur. That's why this movie didn't open well. <laughs> Bad fucking uh, trailers. Uh, this is The Good Dinosaur. Uh, it is directed by Peter Son. Uh, Bob uh, uh, Pierce, Peterson wrote the uh, original thing. About, there's like eight billion fucking writers mm-hmm. on these things. Okay, and um, so essentially this is... Um, Starring uh, Jeffrey Wright, Francis McDormand, um, da, 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 Steve Zahn's in it, uh, Sam Elliott. Who else? And, you know, John Ratzenberger does a cameo, I guess. Anna Paquin's a Anna Paquin and a bunch of the kids the and t-rexes. stuff. You know, kids you've never probably heard of. I mean, because uh-huh. cause they're fucking 10 years old. Give them a break. Because uh, <laughs> that's what everybody was doing. They are giving them a hard time. Yeah. Um, no, so all right. Here's the here's the IMDb plot line because clearly that trailer told us way too much. <laughs> an epic journey into the world of dinosaurs, where and you, can you do this? Because I'm terrible at dinosaur names. Apatosaurus. What's it? <laughs> aposaurus Sure, why not? Is that, uh, I'm not? I'm
2: not even looking at it. I don't know. A P A, A- T. Do you want me to read the thing? Here I am.
1: I don't. I can't read. The, look, I don't know dinosaur shit. I don't. An fucking, epic
2: journey into the world of dinosaurs, where an Apatosaurus named Darlow makes an unlikely human friend.
1: All right. I had it close enough. Apatosaurus. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was a Apatosaurus this weekend. Um, <laughs> stupid. Um, so so here's the big thing. Here's the big thing that everybody will find, uh, if you've seen the trailers or anything very striking about this, is uh, the characters themselves are uh, the dinosaurs and whatnot and the little human that's in there, uh, All, all very cartoony and the background's damn near photorealistic in a lot of times. Uh, some of the best yeah. water you've ever seen. Um, now, okay, I did not care for this movie at all. Uh, uh, I loved it. Oh, how I did you love this it. thing? It is so bad. God almighty, I was bored. Yeah. Whew.
2: I fucking loved this one. Oh, good. All right, please, I, I please explain. I more than the one that we hated earlier this
1: year. Wait a minute. That what? I hated <laughs> Wait a minute! Yeah, so, you're hearing me fucking right. So this is better than Inside Out. I,
2: I'm saying I liked it more than Inside Out.
1: Let's call the ambulance because the white men in coats need to take you away. This movie sucks. <laughs> uh, now, now here's a, okay. I, well, tell me what you, you liked about. Tell me what you liked. Now
2: you understand. Hold on. Hold on. Go now ahead. you understand how I fucking felt when everybody <laughs> around me was talking about how Inside Out was the best goddamn movie they've fucking seen. Yeah. And fucking ever, and it was the best fucking Pixar thing. Like, fuck you guys. That movie is all right. The good dinosaur is fucking great.
1: I don't really and agree I'll with any you of why. the same. Please do. All oh, right. So, what, what did you dig about this? Hold, hold on, I'll, t-
2: I'll fucking tell you why. There is a plot here, and it is so fucking tiny that it doesn't fucking matter. And that pissed people off so fucking much. It's amazing. This is this is just like we got. A fucking dinosaur, he gets lost and then he has to find his way home. That's the entire fucking story of this thing. Mm-hmm. The entire thing. I thought it was uh, like re- really engaging uh, character wise. People fucking hated the characters and said so there was no character development. They like, were, I don't give a fuck. They were I don't boring characters fuck, to me. I don't know what the fuck anybody is talking about. I enjoyed the fucking shit out of this movie. This, this movie's great. I'm going to go right there on record and say, like, five years from now, When people are reevaluating this shit, I will be on the right side of this thing. This this fucking movie is solid. (laughs) And the reason everybody's down on is because it's not Pixar doing what Pixar does every fucking time that they make a movie, which is like kowtowing to like cutesy characterizations and whatever the fuck else and not making things scary uh, I don't know, this fucking movie's great I, I, tell me why it's why it sucks it's the same shit that everybody says on look, the I, don't, 90 look 90
1: I haven't read anything years. anyone else anyone has said, so I can't tell you what anyone else has said, because I don't really know I just got my opinions, I was bored <laughs> I was bored, uh, just honest to God there was nothing going on and, and here's the thing, there are movies that are like that, and guess what, there's a Pixar movie that does this exact same thing, if someone gets lost and they gotta find their way back, it's called Finding Fucking Nemo, and you know what, it's goddamn brilliant this is just well, I, I this fucking is just
2: hate finding Nemo actually. I don't give a shit about finding Nemo. This movie is better than that movie. Oh my god. I, know. <laughs> I, I know that I'm blowing your fucking Pixar oh. mind right now with my opinions of this shit, but like this movie is better than Finding Nemo. Listen, I would I, stand by that shit too.
1: I'm going to I'm going to leave a little secret. I was on drugs when I watched this movie <laughs> and it still didn't help. It was I was just I just I wish there was something about it that captivated me other than the fact that like, God damn, those backgrounds are amazing. But yet the I mean, I, I get the contrast. I mean, I know what he's doing. Um, but I just it didn't the animation style didn't drag me in. I either want you to go, you know, whole hog one way or the other. The juxtaposition is weird. Uh now I will say this. Now this kind of brought me out of it just a little bit, but I mean I got I got into the movie. I watched it plenty. But And I'm glad to find out that I wasn't racist. So, uh, if you saw this at AMC, there was a little joinder on the beginning. Like, AMC's kind of doing and I fucking hate it because it's stupid, is like, you know, the filmmaker comes up and they're kind of giving their little like, hey, everybody, Uh thanks for coming out and watching my shit. And it's just like, yeah, motherfucker, that's why we bought the ticket because we wanted to see it, and you telling you wishing us, you know, fond farewell and good journeys to you don't mean fucking shit to me. Please leave. Um... But I'm looking at this cat. The director comes up and he's like, "Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming to the movie. yadda yackety schmackety. And I'm looking at him and I just like the first thing my head is go, "God damn, this guy looks like Russell from Up." And then my brain said, "Adam, that's fucking racist." All Asians don't look alike. That's just that's just you just trying to put something on there. How dare you? Just because he's from Pixar and he looks like the kid from from a Pixar movie doesn't mean nothing. Turns out, motherfucker, the movie, the little kid in the movie was styled after this cat. So I I was like, oh, thank God, thank God, I'm not just like because there was a little bit of white guilt in there, just going, how dare you think about that? And I was just okay, good, no, I was justified. It does look exactly like Russell. That's. It's it's awesome, and I'm just there watching. Him going, like, Russell fucking directed this. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I like. I'll look. I mean, when we get to the fact uh, he he meets up with some other dinosaurs and the whole. Uh, you know, Sam Neill plays a. Uh, you know, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott Pardon me. <laughs> Sam Elliott. I'm sorry. It's it's late, and we've seen so many movies. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but so Sam Neill was in none of them. Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, <laughs> boy, that would have been a lot better. Uh, but so he gets the whole kind of like... Worthington <laughs> Sam Worthington shows up. Sam Worthington uh, shows up. Sam, what was the guy's name from Lord and Order?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Waterston.
1: Samuel shows Beckett up. shows up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go through Sam's for the Reds. Sammy Unc- Davis Jr. Uncle Fawcett. Sam came <laughs> Stupid! That's how guts what this movie means. So they Sam, had that big fire.
2: Sam Peckinpah comes. Sam Peckinpah comes
1: in, and let me tell you, the tits and bullets were flying. It was great. <laughs> oh, would have watched it again and again Sam and again. Sam
2: Mendes shows up <laughs> and starts directing.
1: Sam Rockwell in the best movie you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: is, oh, we're is, idiots.
1: Yep, that is true. Um. So, uh, so we gotta, we gotta. All right, so I'm gonna put you on the other end here, because there were some criticisms Mm -hmm. that were laid uh, to this film uh, from critics and others alike, and um, you know, one of them. uh, Mentioned it on his Facebook, and I and a listener of the show, and I, I told him I was just like, "Dude, write me, a, write me an email. I'll read the email." So it's a little late here, Reed, but we got your email. This is uh, from a good buddy, Reed, uh, and he's uh, written in, and uh, it follows. It's it's long, and he knows I don't know how to read very well, so this may be on him. Uh, Jesus Christ, Reed, it's good send though it to me. It's very important. Yeah, send we, the fucking email to me. No, see, you be you see, be, be see right. you can't you can't you wouldn't be able to handle this one because of the subject matter. Because you're going to be like, what? All right, so love the show, guys. Though my busy schedule, uh, though with my busy schedule and two kids, I'm only on the uh, the Martian episode. Well, you're probably caught up at this point because we skipped a week. Uh, so i I see lots of kids' movies. I usually cherish the experience as I share uh, my love of cinema with my five-year-old. And uh, a half-year-old daughter, so almost every every animated we see almost every animated film in the theater. But animated films are a mixed 50-50 bag. For every Lego movie, there's a Minions. For every Frozen, a Free Birds. And now for every Inside Out, a Good Dinosaur. Took my daughter. Uh. <laughs> there you go. I kind of agree with those things. Uh, took my daughter to a uh, close-to-sold-out screening uh, showing of the Good Dinosaur. I had pretty low expectations due to the fact that I'd found the trailers dull, and knowing that Pixar pushed to back the release date, 18 months. But I have faith in Pixar and I've only found uh, one film, Cars 2, that I've really hated. Until now. Spoiler warning! So, uh, for those of you who are really uh, you know, keeping keen on the uh, good dinosaur spoilers, watch your shit. Uh, so, well... Uh, The dad died early on during a horrifying thunderstorm. Many of the kids in the theater started to scream and cry, including my own. Usually when the Disney character dies, say Mufasa or Nemo's mom or the parents in uh, Frozen or the wife in Up, the audience gets some sort of post-death relief, usually comedic uh, scene or a song, no such luck here. Uh, just a mopey dinosaur family. Realistic, but in the but the tension just grew in the theater. More tears from kids. A, a couple of families left. Then Pixar. Uh, then. Pixar has its main character get separated from his family, uh, fall in a waterfall, get injured in the next ten minutes. Again, no comic relief. It doesn't help that the dinosaur has a kid's voice. So basically, all of these horrible things are happening to a child. Thus, thus the rest of the film is the two main characters and, and one actual child and another that sounds like one in various dangerous situations where they can either be eaten or die at any time. They even have the unnecessary Flashback to the death of the dad again. Seeing the dad again not only made my daughter cry, but uh, but she ducked and covered in my chest, and and then bit me. Uh, She's never been scared of any of the dozens of animated films that we've seen together. I think marketing, uh, I think the marketing is totally misleading. It's not E.T. It's torture porn for the elementary school set. (laughs) It's Pixar's worst film, and I have, uh, though I have seen, uh, I've never seen the end of Cars 2, but at least it didn't uh, give my daughters nightmares. Uh, Sincerely, Reed Bennett. So, Reed, thanks for writing in, buddy. Uh, Just another perspective out there from someone who actually brought a children to a children's movie. Here's the thing. Here's the thing
2: uh about, about that, right? Like uh I get parents not wanting their children to be scared, but uh also I don't think that the good dinosaur is a comedy. It's not a
1: comedy. No, no, that's certainly not. It doesn't not.
2: play like a comedy. Uh I don't think. I think that the the assumption that there should be um comic relief at all times whenever something awful happens is not, like, a proper uh, expectation to have. One, it closes down. Maybe
1: slight levity, per se.
2: Stop. It closes down your, uh, like, ability to process what's actually happening, right? So that, like, yeah, okay, this thing's happening and it's fucking terrible. Uh, Things in life are fucking terrible. Life sucks most of the time. Um, I think... This might be uh, maybe not the best vehicle for – or maybe the least assumptive vehicle for parents to uh, have their children encounter that message. Um, But I do think that it serves a purpose and that by presenting an alternative version of what normally is Pixar's happy-go-lucky, every fucking thing turns out A-OK all the fucking time in every – action scene and everything else of the film. uh, I do think that there's value in that. And at the end of the film, like what, what this movie is about is Arlo having encountered such a huge amount of tragedy. So early in life, he still figures out that he has to push through it, become his own person, right? Uh, Literally make his mark in the, in the parlance of the film and, uh, like, stand up and keep going. He can't just lay there and give up. He's got other people that depend on him, uh, not just uh, Spot at certain junctures in the in the film's uh, plot structure, but uh, his family as well. And I think that that message comes through very, very clearly in the movie. Uh, Yeah, there are some scary, scary spots. But you know what? When I was a kid, I was fucking terrified of the dragon scene in Sleeping Beauty. Kid. And you're supposed to be scared of shit like that. It's what you're supposed to do, right? So I sympathize with the fact that, uh, like, people were not expecting this movie to be as uh, serious-minded as it was uh, with uh, tragedy and uh, loss And just like awful shit constantly happening to you because you're out alone in the big fucking world and that's what life is. Um, But I don't know that it's a bad thing. And every single, every single negative review of this film has said that exact fucking thing. And I just think it's wrong. Like, I'm like, cool. Okay. Your kids are uh, upset. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. Um, But they did see the film and, and. they learned something from it, whether or not they liked the movie, I think is irrelevant. But, but that's where I come from on this movie. I think it's fucking amazing because it does all of this shit and it's not what people expect. It's better than what they expect, but because they're set up to expect inside out or monsters university or whatever the fuck else Pixar wants to put out telling the same goddamn buddy story. The, the, This movie's great, man. It's fucking amazing. I think it's way better than people give it credit for. And I think it's all due to the fact that they expect Pixar to have a tried-and-true formula for every movie, which Pixar does. And I'm fucking tired of Pixar's tried-and-true formula as a filmgoer. And this movie didn't do that, so I liked it more.
1: Well, as Will Smith said circa 1994, if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. Boom. That's my street cred. Yeah, but that's
2: (laughs) why I didn't like Inside Out. Is because it was exactly like every fucking other Pixar movie that I'd seen.
1: Nah, I can't. I can't say you're wrong there. I mean, because y- you weren't. and that's
2: why everybody else loved it, and that's why everybody hates this one. Well, it's a and Pat- this why I like it.
1: It's a bad Oswald joke. I love the stuff that I love. I don't want to know where other stuff is. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I like you. that. Uh, so that's but, it.
2: But I do think I do think that it, that it is like straight up. This movie is a kids movie. Like. I, I don't get the opinion that it's not a movie for chi- children, which is a very popular one uh, online. It is This movie is for fucking children, and if you don't believe that, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but um – like children are I would supposed not, to be scared If they I was need a, a safe kid, space to fucking traumatize them, and you know what? Like that, that's just what it is. Okay, I'm I'm a, a, I'm a simpleton movie. though,
1: and, and like, look, and, and here's the thing. Like, but here's the thing. As a kid, I would have hated this movie, and not just because of whatever. I mean, scary stuff has never really done it for me. I don't, I don't care, but it, it's it's boring. That's the problem. Honestly, do you, do you like playing before time? Yeah, I mean, it was at least Why colorful. It's the same fucking movie. Oh, well, You're not wrong, it but is, it's colorful it is and it's Everybody fucking
2: dies in the first 10 minutes and that's then they all all get lost 10 minutes after that. Yeah. And it's the same thing.
1: Yeah, well, look, there's a billion movies that have this thing. It's just, I don't know. I just, I, just something about it I didn't care for. I couldn't tell you. I, can, I don't know that I could pinpoint it down. Anyways, we got so much more crap to do. Let's, let's move on. But All right. <laughs> so that's one not so much gonna, and one very much. I'm going to
2: go say fucking see this movie damn the haters. That's my opinion on
1: it. I'm going to say avoid it like the plague. <laughs> just to be as opposite as I possibly
0: can.
1: I mean like I, mean, I didn't hate it hate it, but I just I did not care. I just did not care. And that's almost that's almost worse than hating it to be frank. All right, next movie. Let's uh let's go to a little bit more adult fare, shall we? Here is the trailer for Brooklyn.
0: Step over this way, please. Get out of the line. Next. Passport,
1: please. Welcome to the United States, ma'am.
3: Dear Rose, I miss you and Mother and think about you every day. The most important news is that I have a job and I'm in a boarding house.
2: I was glad to see you finally got some letters from
3: home today.
1: (laughs) Shinraguro.
3: I wish that I could stop feeling that I want to be an Irish girl in Ireland.
0: Homesickness is
3: like most sicknesses. It will pass. Won't you dance with me? I'm not Irish. So what were you doing at an Irish dance? I really like Irish girls. I met somebody. An Italian fella. We're going to Coney Island at the weekend.
0: But do you have a bathing
3: costume? Why didn't you tell me to put my costume on underneath
0: my clothes? I
3: thought you'd know. I wanna ask you something, and you're gonna say, always oh, too soon. Will you come for dinner and meet my family? I'd love to. You like Italian food? I'm gonna say splash anytime I see problems. Good idea. Splash! You just splashed his mother, his father, and the walls. Let's go again.
0: Ready? I should say that. We don't like Irish people. Hey, hey. What? We don't. That is a well known fact. Um. Ow. <laughs>
3: I'm not they bury her You want to go home I guess How would it be for you if I did go home
0: I'd be afraid
3: Afraid that I wouldn't come back
0: Yeah, home is home
1: Ireland must seem very backward to you now
3: Is that Jim Farrell I saw?
0: He's a catch for someone
3: I have a life halfway across the sea
0: Your life here could be just as good If you go back I have no pity. I want you to stay here with me.
1: That was a trailer for Brooklyn. Our next new release review of this week. Uh, An Irish immigrant lands in 1950s Brooklyn where she quickly falls into a new romance. When her past catches up with her, however, she must choose between two countries and the lives that exist within. This is uh, directed by uh, John Crowley, written by uh, uh, Nick Hornby, Uh, starring Sosie Ronan, um, uh, Emery Cohen, Uh, that's it, I should learn to read, Donnell Gleason, there's just a boatload of people, Jim Broadbent, uh, Fucking who else is in this? I forget the names off the top of my head. Just a lot of people. Yeah, there's a boat. There's a there's a boatload of actors in this thing, most of whom you've so maybe not seen, but a couple of them you certainly have. Um, so this uh, this movie's been getting a lot of buzz and stuff. Um, I think I'd like scantily seen the trailer, uh, but I didn't really know much of the plot or anything else like that. And um, I can say right now, this is this is in the top contender for uh, top one of the top movies of the year for sure.
2: Yeah, um, I agree with that, man. I uh, really, really. Saoirse, like it. Saoirse Ronan is, is uh, fucking fantastic.
1: And it, is, she's she's easily uh, getting a nomination right now for me. Outside of still seeing, you know, a handful of 2015 releases left, uh, mm-hmm. the front runner for best actress for sure.
2: Yeah, man, she is. Uh, I don't know, man. This movie is so good. Uh, it's it's very quiet and unassuming and very small, and but uh, so emotionally effective. I feel like. What
1: was that? It's simple. It's a simple story. There's not a ton in it. And it is like it's literally right. plots A, B, C, and D. And then once you – I mean you go in that order and then there you are up at the end. And uh, for what – if you if you read like like a just kind of synopsis on a piece of paper, you might go like, eh, well, you know, what's the big deal? Um, but what they do with it is great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just such a masterfully created film. Like the screenplay is, um, is actually amazing. I think, uh, I haven't read the novel that it's based on, so I'm not going to say that I have or anything like that, but Nick Hornby's script is tight. Uh, it doesn't ramble on. I mean, it feels like there are, are cer- there are certainly scenes where you feel like it, it could go on too long, but it just ends at the right moment mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and and the acting's just terrific, right? Like Jim Broadbent has a fairly small role, but he's great. Sarah yeah. um, Ronan is uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, veteran uh, Irish uh, Irish actress uh, Nora Jane Noon has like a really small part uh, in this. Um, she was in uh, The Magdalena Sisters is like her most famous film, uh, but she was also in The Descent um, as one of the climbers and. Uh, it's just, it's so good, man. It's, it's just good. I don't even, I can't, there's not really a way to talk about it. Just everything about it works. Uh, the, the soundtrack's amazing. The cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it, it it's, it's a great movie and, uh, and I, and I want people to go and see it and they should. And, um, yeah. And, and it's shot by, so, so to tell you, uh, like how good the movie looks like this is, the same cinematographer for uh, wild mm. and uh, Dallas Buyers Club so he knows his stuff right yeah. um uh yeah i don't know i can't say enough Stuff about it. Uh, I know I've barely said like any substan- substantive thing other than it's really good, but uh, that's that's where I stand. Well, that's I will thing say because
1: if we went through a lot of it piece by piece, I mean I'll, I'll kind of give because the, the INDB thing did an okay job, I guess. But this is a little bit more, yeah. know, kind of inclusive. So, a girl in Ireland, she's got kind of a part time job. She's you know working at it's not really you know working out for her all that well.
2: She works Sundays at a at a like uh, at a bakery, bakery yeah. and butchers, right? And uh, gets, like gets kind of treated
1: summer. like shit a little bit, and like sees at the latest run it's kind of a bit of an asshole and uh you know so eventually her whole thing is like look i'm gonna leave and you know and go i'm gonna go to america i've talked with some people over there i've got a thing where i can go to school learn some stuff and i've lined up a job and everything so she's set everything out so she's leaving right. her family her uh her uh, dad had died and so mom had been kind of you know the old uh, i'm growing old and know everybody's leaving or dying or whatever and uh she's just like yo i gotta go man and mm-hmm. so uh, she left her mom and her sister and has gone all to America, you know, get, gets in and just starts to, to kind of acclimate to stuff and then finds out that, you know, uh, you know, someone, did, you know someone had died and they got to go back over there uh, for a short time. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. in this time, she's met a guy. She's kind of fallen in love, and everything. And uh, will will what happens when she leaves over to go back to Ireland? Will that affect anything back in the USA? Like it, the whole thing is like, hey, you got yeah you know, and, two homes and that kind of deal. And going beyond
2: that, I think gives away far too much.
1: Yeah, any, um, yeah, anything beyond that's too much, but, but it's good.
2: But but Saoirse Ronan's character Eilish is uh, like this. She's a really compelling character. Um, like you feel uh emotionally attached to her the entire time uh so it's it's nice actually and i will i will go on the record right now and i say i don't give a fuck what anybody says online this movie is a kid's movie because it takes <laughs> a <laughs> it takes a fucking kid and puts them out in the goddamn world and they learn how life sucks <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you right now kid's movie
1: Bring your children to see Brooklyn. <laughs> if they don't love it in the first fifteen minutes, Matt will give you your money back. <laughs>
2: if if they thought if they thought Good Dinosaur was boring, make them sit through this shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they go like, I really enjoy the like the plight of the Irish girl. She's so white. She's pretty though. That makes up for the whiteness. <laughs> I'm like, I get concerned how white she is. <laughs> She looks great though. I mean, I like and there is there's something about her that's just like she she's she's gorgeous looking number one and but she's magnetic and you see how like these people could easily and, and the thing is it's like she's not she's just like a genuine person. She's a sweet person, she doesn't seem to have, you know, a lot of meanness in her. Um and but while she's not overly outgoing or anything either, but she's not unapproachable. Uh, and yeah. she, she's simplistic and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, it's actually in a good way. Uh, but it totally works. And I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, go see it for her, for her performance alone, but everybody's performance is great. You hear the little kid in there, the little Italian kid. I fucking love that kid. He was great.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. He, he was fantastic. But you know, like, uh, like Saoirse Ronan, just to kind of end here, I guess, like is one of, I think the most underrated actresses, uh, like working today. And I think part of it is that she's so young. Yeah. Um, She's she's just this year twenty one, uh, and and of course we like we first uh, met her uh, collectively as as the world uh, uh, in Atonement as young uh, yeah. Briony, right the little uh, sister there, um, but she's you know she's had a great uh, track record since then. She was in Hannah, uh, which yeah. uh, is a film that I love. Um, she was in Violet and Daisy, which was a fun little flick from a few years back. Byzantium uh which was uh Neil Marshall's return to vampire movies. Um and, and just on and on. She's had bit parts in like Grand Budapest, right? She's yep. in Grand Budapest Hotel. And uh you know, I think so I think part of her underratedness is that she's she's not only so young, she also just works all over the place. Uh, I mean, like she doesn't do one type of thing all the time. She does a lot of different stuff. And really take some choices. And she does big stuff and she does small stuff, right? She was in The Host, uh, the, the adaptation of the Stephanie Meyer uh, sci-fi book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's somebody to just, uh, I think, keep your eye on and follow around because she has never turned in a bad performance. Uh, and very rarely has she made like a movie that wasn't worth your
1: time. Yeah, front, front runner so. for me for uh, Best Actress for sure. All Uh,
2: right. Oh, yeah. Well, for for me, it's like in between her and uh, Brie Larson, who uh, we'll talk about next
1: episode. Indeed. All right. So uh, let's wrap this one up with a uh, trailer here. Of course, then we're going to review it afterwards, but you know how that works. You've been listening so far. Uh, So here's the trailer for Creed.
2: I I
1: think it's going crazy.
3: God in the ring. I don't know him. I ain't got nothing to do with me. Let me fight my whole life. It's not a choice for me. Every punch I ever thrown has been on my own. Nobody show me how to do this.
2: I'm ready.
0: the nose
3: pressure. zip ties on the protesters this in the from This picture's from the tenth round of the first fight, right? I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo. Behind closed doors. Is that true? How do you know all this? Sun, world They made for day. Last then Death road like sugar in A great fighter once said, It ain't about how hard you can hit. About how hard you can get hit
1: and keep moving forward. All right, that was here? that's the oh, toughest opponent Jesus.
3: you're ever gonna to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. You show me something.
1: Couldn't interrupt, Sly. Punch me in the face. Uh, so uh, that is our uh, That's a trailer for Creed Last re- new release Release of last week rather uh, So the former yes. uh, world heavyweight Champion Rocky Balboa Serves as the trainer and mentor uh, To Adonis Johnson the son of his Late friend and former rival Apollo Creed This is uh, written and directed By Brian uh, Coogler uh, Who people will know from uh, Fruitville Station And uh, there's some other stuff Coming up too so we're going to talk about that maybe uh, Starring Mark B. be Jordan Sylvester still Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad, and uh, Tony Ballou. Um, so this, um, you know, I. Did anyone say, boy, we need another Rocky movie? I think after Rocky Balboa, everybody was like, that's a nice little bow to it. And yet on paper, if somebody said, what if we do Rocky, the next generation, doesn't that sound like a terrible idea? And you'd say, yes, of course it does. Why the fuck would you do that? And then Ryan Cooler goes and pitches this movie, makes it, and it's fucking great. Yeah. What? This movie is terrific. There is no reason this movie should work, and these two guys, the director and Michael B. Jordan, make it fucking work.
2: Well, I'll tell you why it works is because uh, what they've done is remake Rocky. I was
1: about to say it's just it's a Rocky reboot, but in the best of ways.
2: It, it is exactly it is the exact plot of Rocky,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Exact, exact plot. Including uh, like setting up the relationship, having to talk the guy into training you, uh, yeah. <laughs> like right? I mean, every he fucking loses the final fight. It's it is straight up a remake of Rocky, and that's why it works. I mean, it it also works because uh, because the things that they, they do change about it are really fucking great, right? Like the backstory uh, of um, Adonis uh, being uh, being like. You know, he, he was adopted out of foster care, right? But he, he was Ill- illegitimate, but he was adopted out of foster care by mm-hmm. uh, Apollo Creed's widow, right, right? Uh, played by Felicia Rashad. And um, he was raised, and, like, at the beginning of the film, he is working, like, a white-collar job, right? Uh, About to get a big promotion and, and everything. Because he, he wants to fight. Um, so I think that there are several savvy moves that are made that uh, avoid some of the problems that uh, I think people had on their mind when uh, this this project was first announced namely that like uh, Rocky and Adonis would have some kind of weird uh, like white savior relationship mm-hmm. um, but they really do position uh, Adonis Johnson as his own character uh, who goes on his own journey and Rocky is much much very very much I think a side character in all of this even though like there is a a complete character arc and everything else Mm -hmm. um uh, this movie is it's called creed for a reason and it's because uh creed is actually the focus of everything rocky the late creed years yeah but but they're both amazing right like michael b jordan probably will not but should get an acting nomination for this movie. He's, he's phenomenal in everything. He like the greatest tragedy of, of the, how bad the fantastic four movie is, is that we, we need him as Johnny storm at least three more times. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, here, like he's fantastic. So alone will probably get a nomination and at least for, for the Globes, he'll probably win yeah. best supporting actor, maybe for the Oscars. um, Although you know, I think that <laughs> I don't know if you've read anything about the Oscar shit going on so far, but apparently uh, Michael Keaton is being submitted for Best Supporting Actor for Spotlight. Listen, I enjoy um, Michael as Keaton. well as Tom, Tom Hardy from The Revenant. Listen, um, I
1: enjoy Michael Keaton's performance in that movie. Uh, it, it ain't Stallone's performance in this movie. It's. I mean, now not, uh, I,
2: I don't. I don't think so either. I'm just thinking politically, right? Because uh,
1: because he did not. Oh, because did of the not rock hit
2: it last year, right? Yeah. So we'll see, um, but I think I, I think Stallone has many Best Actor nods coming up this season, uh, and it's it's a damn shame that Jordan will not get the same push for Best Actor.
1: Probably um, not. But here's the nice part, though. I think this kid's gonna have long legs, man. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I just like this. I think this is the movie. Like I mean, we've all liked him before. I think this movie cements him as to like no, no, for real though this guy's going to go – he's going to be here a long, long time, I think.
2: Well, you know, he – I mean, he has been makes, around long
1: already, but, like, he's going to – Yeah, I mean, I, he's
2: been he's been around for a while. I feel this right? is the turn I mean, to
1: would, towards his adult career, if you will.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, this guy, this kid, he was great in The Wire back mm-hmm. in the day, right? Like, he's been really great all along, but what's been, what I think will keep him around for a long time is that he um, – and I say kid, he's like not that much younger than either of us, <laughs> but, uh, but, but right. But I, that's cause I think of him as Wallace in the wire,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. any fucking way. What's going to keep him around though, is that he makes really smart choices about what projects to be involved in. Yeah. So even when he makes a misfire, right? Something like, uh, like not just fantastic four, but something from a few years back, like red tails, right? Yeah. uh, do you even remember that movie? The, Nobody the survived Tuskegee, that film. Tuskegee, uh, yeah, Tuskegee Air, uh, Airman film, right? George um, Lucas, ba-
1: or not George? Clues, George Lucas's late baby. George Lucas,
2: yeah, um, like that movie was not successful uh, and didn't do anything for anybody. It, it certainly didn't help Cuba Gooding Junior.'s career, um, <laughs> but 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 there's no reason for him not to have chosen to be in that movie right like that's the good decision to make you don't know that the that yeah. the movie is going low same with fantastic four it's like he knows to make these decisions it's just uh sometimes the projects don't work out and that's why i think he'll be around because he, he makes these good choices about what he's going to be involved in and most actors End up making movies that aren't great ideas in the end, end of it, but they choose it for a reason, and I think he chooses things for the right reason, which is uh, probably that they're um, interesting projects. They're sometimes a little off the beaten path for mainstream films, and particularly uh, if if you know if Kubler doesn't get entirely wooed away, they have a like definite um, Scorsese De Niro. Relationship going on.
1: That at this would be. That point. would be nice. That would be and, nice.
2: And so, I, so I hope uh, you know that Kugler after his uh, upcoming jaunt into ultra big budget filmmaking, um, will come back and do something small again uh, with um, Michael B. Jordan because yeah. he's he's phenomenal. And Creed is such a good fucking movie, though. Yeah. Like people were. I'm sure this happened uh, with you, but people here were like. Like applauding and yelling like they were watching a boxing match.
1: Yeah, because it, it's and it's like it's it's shot like that in a lot of ways, but also at the same time not, which is also great. Because uh-huh. I mean, honestly, like you haven't they haven't shot boxing shit like this in a long fuck time. They just yeah. haven't. And honest to God, if it, it it's more real than fucking any Rocky movie's been. As far as like well, actually, it, as,
2: I think I think what it does very sadly is that. Um, so many so boxing movies tend to do one of two things they try to do the raging bull heightened reality thing mm-hmm. um, which doesn't great
1: work. well it's yeah, great but, for but what it, you're what you're doing but it,
2: yeah but it doesn't always work right because it's a very complex like you have to think about what, how you're shooting things and what the thing's going to look like and like scorsese came up with that yeah that's why there's and that's why he does that will, like, fucking <laughs> yeah. fail at um but but the first rocky film actually is well made um along the same lines the boxing scenes are are kind of they do this thing where they pull back and go close uh at the same time throughout the same boxing match Mm -hmm. and it it serves a different purpose than like the other major mode of doing it which uh the, the fighter and then a few other places a few other fighting movies have done which is just take the straight up let's make it look like hbo shot this for tv right and, and that's how we're going to do it, not get too involved in the ring. Um, and that can work sometimes, but I don't know that it's as successful. And, and this right. movie just goes back to that classic style that Rocky did. And really, just like makes it work. They're they're incredibly well shot scenes.
1: And honestly, I think in many cases does a better job of it. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I mean the biggest, I mean the first major major thing that the Steadicam initially was ever in was in Rocky. And boy, the Steadicam work that they do in this, and then and like and and I know uh, from what I've read, Googler is a was a huge Rocky fan. His dad showed him all the movies and stuff growing up. And so you know that like, and this this is a smart guy. I I I think I don't I haven't heard. an interview with him, but he seems like he's a smart dude because, like, there is so much of that great steady cam work done in here that this feels like this is a dude who knew where shit was coming from and said, I'm gonna do that and did it and fucking mm-hmm. pulled it off and honest to God, does it better than most of the other Rocky movies altogether does, which is fucking astounding.
2: Well, well and I think he, he, he really cut his teeth on Fruitvale, which also has a lot of incredible steady cam work.
1: Yeah. And can I, I mean just that, say this?
2: that I mean there's a lot of long following shots in Fruitvale Station, and that that movie emotionally has a huge impact, I think, because of that camera work. And I I think he brought that into Creed. Yeah. Uh, so that it so that it really does rival uh, what like the level of work and maybe in some some instances surpasses the technical achievement of that original steady camera work in Rocky.
1: Oh, for sure. And I, I first of all, I mean Ryan Coogler, I mean, you know, great movies. I hate you, though. This is not, I mean, this is disgusting. He's 28 years old, and he's already got two really fantastic films under his belt, and it's just like, that's just gross. You shouldn't be this this good so young, damn it. Cut it out.
2: (laughs) And and he's got a huge movie coming up. And, dude, Um, you're going
1: to, so let's bring into that, and we'll kind of close her out here, man.
2: Yeah, so. So um, I I read that it was finalized, but I can't find where I read it at now. Um, I mean, it was right before we started resho- uh, shooting. Um, but Coogler uh, is is in talks, at least, in, in well into talks because they're actually announcing that they're talking to him about it. Right. Um, which to me indicates that it's all but final. If that article I read was not correct, that it is final. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's gonna he's gonna be doing Black Panther. It looks. Like
1: like which uh, after which this is movie huge, you're just like
2: undertaking
1: yeah i am down mm-hmm. down and down
2: yeah uh i think uh, uh it's a great choice right uh clearly he knows how to handle a uh, budget and a franchise um and can also, shoot
1: some action son he can
2: shoot, shoot some action and he fucking knows just how to tell a really good story he's proven twice that he has all of those things all lined up now and uh I, I really hope that he finalizes that deal It to be it's 28 it's so gross <laughs> but yeah.
1: here's it but I, I, I'm 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 so interested in what this guy's doing uh and where he goes but I mean between the two of these guys I mean a bright futures ahead no doubt
2: yeah of, of course and uh you know I'm sure that he'll take a step back after that um and, and go for it but uh yeah I don't know I'm, I'm very very much looking forward to, to that fucking movie anyway. And just like bringing somebody on who clearly knows uh, how to make a fucking movie uh, is a good choice. And, and Marvel's been pretty savvy about that in general. Bringing people in who know how to do the same thing that they're going for, just not in this superhero genre. Right. And then like applying that skill set to whatever film they're hiring them on to for.
1: So... All right, so that's it. So uh, not not too awful long, a little bit longer than we normally do for shows, but that's not too bad, all things considered. Four fucking movies, so shut up, and we're going to get more, <laughs> more more reviews tomorrow, for Christ's sake. So uh, And then an interview on Wednesday, so lighten up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, until then, m- until tomorrow, Matt, where can they find work of yours on the Internet, sir?
2: Well they can find me on Twitter and that's pretty easy. Just look up Matt Boyd Smith. I'm on there. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to say like for, for those of you out there who are writing all kinds of things and, and telling your friends, like, uh, you know, the film find is inappropriate and, uh, we, we curse a lot and all this stuff. I just want you to know, like the film find is a children's podcast and, uh, we appreciate you letting your children listen to it. Indeed. We're here to, we're here to make them know that life is uh, bleak, and meaningless, and full of uh, white bearded folk dropping constant fuck bombs.
1: <laughs> we got some of that action. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, so up on uh, here, movie podcast this week, and I'll, I'll tease what we're doing next week on tomorrow's show. So how about that? Uh, so this week uh, we did. Um, my brain is already. That's how good that movie was what did we even do that was it's like two days ago and my brain is already taking a crap <laughs> oh it was justice league gods and monsters wow i didn't like it which, which, which,
2: which was like the the return of bruce tim
1: right yeah return That's... of bruce T- look i mean i didn't hate it but uh there, i you know the other guys liked it more than i did well, I but I was... yeah i mean it's it's an interesting take it's a it's it's a what if book if you will but uh you know Maybe not to you know. Go see it because they liked it. I didn't care for it, but whatever. So you know. But well, more importantly, go and listen to the episode. Go listen to the episode. So here movie podcast at hearmoviepodcast.com. So Matt, when I say next episode, we really mean tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna or t- we're gonna be talking about uh, what, what do we call it there? What, 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 I, what? I, I've totally forgot what we're reviewing already. My brain is just taking tomorrow, a giant dump. we're gonna dump. be
2: talking about Krampus. Krampus. Brain, hmm, and I'll brain. be talking about Spike Lee's latest film.
1: So, we'll be talking about those things tomorrow. So, why don't you go over to filmfind.com, review us, and all that kind of good stuff? And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody.
3: Two days later, Papa passed away, and I became a man that day. So I told Mama I was going to quit school, but she said that was Daddy's strictest rule. So every morning, before I went to school. I fed the chickens and I chopped wood, too. Sometimes I felt that I couldn't go on. I wanted to leave, just run away from home. But I... I would remember what my dad said, with tears in his eyes on his dying bed. He said, Patches, I'm depending on your son, i
0: am tried to do my best.
3: Then one day a strong rain came and washed all the crops away. And at the age of 13, I thought I was carrying the weight of the whole world on my shoulders. And you know, Mama knew what I was going through. Cause every day I had to work the fields, 'cause Cause that's the only way we got our meals. See, I was the oldest of the family. And everybody else depended on me. Every night I heard my mama pray like strength to make another day, though years is fast and all the kids are grown, the just took mama to a brand new home, Lord knows people, I shed in tears, but my daddy's voice kept me through the years, saying, I just, I'm dependent on your son,
0: the the my
1: Do you know what? Do you know I picked this song?
2: Uh, no one.
1: Because this is the fucking good dinosaur. Of this goddamn song. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm sitting there thinking. The fucking dad dies, <laughs> and they're just like, "You gotta, you gotta get through with them dinosaurs." <laughs> they're trying so fucking hard. All I can think is this fucking song, and I'm like, "That little fucking dinosaur's patches. That's great." <laughs> well, fair, fair enough. Um, I don't know that's it we gotta I, I to- really
2: like that movie man
1: I just, anyway,
2: you guys can listen to us Babylons about about some shit in the next episode. Yeah. It's literally twenty four hours away, so thanks for listening.